1: Plus, get a free two-day shipping on orders of $40 or more. Again, go to brewing.com slash sobergirls or use our code sobergirls for 15% off.
0: Okay, can I be honest here? Yes. I used to rely on alcohol for a lot of things, including managing my PMS symptoms like anxiety, irritability, feeling blue, ugh, huge mistake. However, as a sober girl today, that is obviously not an option, but have no fear. Ladies, we found a solution to our PMS woes, alcohol so not needed. Enter Jubilance, your daily support and new BFF when it comes to true and effective PMS relief. It's so simple. Just take one capsule a day and keep your symptoms at bay. If you're interested in trying it, you can use the code SoberGirls for $10 off your first order.
1: I've noticed I have more energy, focus, less cravings, and my mood feels so much more balanced. Jubilance is a non-hormonal available over-the-counter and powered by two-ingredient formula used by thousands of women worldwide to live PMS mood symptom-free. Think less anxiety, less irritability, more peace, power, and dare I say, fun all month long. Try Jubilance for $10 off by visiting jubilance.com forward slash or Use the promo code SoberGirls at checkout. That's J-U-B-I-L-A-N-C-E.com slash SoberGirls for $10 off. Hello, hello. Welcome to Two Sober Girls Podcast. I am your host, Michaela. I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Erin. And today we have a very special guest. If you are in the sober space, you probably know her. Her name is Suzanne Weyar, she didn't set out to be a so- sobriety influencer, but she is. She's amazing. Love her Instagram. And she began as a style and motherhood influencer in 2015 after the birth of her first baby. And when she became spontaneously sober in January 2020, she knew she had to share the freedom she discovered. Suzanne shares the bright side of sobriety on her Instagram at My Kind of Sweet. While shattering the myth of moderation and the lie that wine is essential for motherhood, on her podcast, The Sober Mom Life. I love everything that you do. I love the mocktails. I love the style. I love the motherhood tips. I love, obviously, the sobriety tips. And you and I have a similar path where we were able to stop drinking. Like it just, we knew it was not working and Mm -hmm. we made a conscious choice. to remove it so can you talk a little bit about that how that worked how that came about
2: for you yeah well thank you for having me I adore you girls Michaela you've been on my podcast Erin, you you need to come on do we have anything scheduled I don't know we no, need to get
0: that's my fault Suzanne no but after yeah. this afterwards. okay
2: okay you're coming on yes. um yes and Michaela you were on it yeah we do have like a similar you know like party girl in in, in the 20s in college and in, in my 20s I was a party girl I liked being a party girl like I I I, I've been thinking a lot about shame lately and like I'm like did I have shame then and like I'm trying to go back and I think I probably did have shame around drinking I just didn't slow down enough to feel it and so then as then I was in my 20s you know still drinking the shame definitely came with drinking and with alcohol even when it wasn't a full-on party right like it didn't it, i got to the point where it didn't matter the amount i was drinking i still felt the shame and so that's where i was when i stopped so i stopped in 2020 and uh yeah i had just had my third baby he was three months old so it was like the first time that i drank after pregnancy and i was nursing him and you know that first time I always, like, had to, like, get back into it and be like, yeah, okay, like, this tastes like poison. Like, I got to get over this hump. Like, because this is just something obviously I have to do. You're going to
1: be chasing the high that you had in your 20s thinking, but when you you had freedom, you didn't have kids, you didn't have responsibilities. So there was totally, and so different
2: when you do have kids. It's so different. And and my... You know, I talk a lot about like motherhood and you know mommy wine culture and alcohol and all the whole all how it like we've just been lied and tricked and that moms are targeted. And my drinking really wasn't my motherhood wasn't really consumed by drinking at all. Um I, you know, from the outside probably looked like someone who was drinking normally and I hate that phrase because I think that what we think about a normal drinker is not what a normal drinker is because I think I was a normal drinker and I think a normal drinker and as I've talked to like and heard from thousands of women like normal drinkers take breaks and like make moderation rules and have shame don't talk about it still trying to Like it's, you're trying to control an uncontrollable substance. And so I was doing that, right? Like through motherhood. And I think I, I had like maybe one time that I got drunk in front of my first baby and she was like, I don't know, nine months old. So nothing. And it was fine. But that time I was like, wow, this can never happen again. And then it didn't, it didn't for um, six years. And even the last time I drank January 18th, 2020, it wasn't in front of my kids. Like I was at a party. I had just had the baby. It was champagne. And, but I did blackout, which I hadn't done in years. And I had to have nursed my baby because he was three months old and like there's, he was not sleeping. through. He was, wasn't even cl- My, my babies were all not great sleepers. So he wasn't even close to sleeping through the night. I had no recollection of it. And, you know, that was it for me. And I didn't, I just, I looking back, I just celebrated four years last month. Yay! Thank you. thank you. And like, looking back, I'm like, Oh my God, you, she had no idea. She just had no idea what, what journey she, and I hate the word journey. You guys, I hate it, but there's just not another word, what journey she was going to go on. And so, yeah, everything that I share and like all I've created, everything I talk about, I'm talking to me. Yeah. Like it's all for her.
1: And is there a difference between your, obviously there is, but I want to hear your input year one, year two, because I'm entering year two uh, next yeah. week. Yeah. And I feel such a shift. It's like mm-hmm. levels, like level one, level two, level totally. three, level four. Can you talk a little bit about those levels?
2: Yes. So my, you know, mine's a little bit different because I stopped drinking in January 2020. And then you remember what happened. And so I think my story is very unique in that I didn't have a lot of the societal pressures, that we, we can feel and maybe even put on ourselves in mm-hmm. early sobriety. And so my, my journey through those things, I, I through the levels, I think is different because then also in my second year of sobriety, I tragically lost my dad, my dog of 18 years, and my grandma. Ooh. Yeah, and so I when I look at my story, I see that first year, of being kind of a sweet spot for me of really, I I, I made a decision that I was just going to go on a quest. Like I was just going to learn. Right. And I was just like, okay, obviously I don't know anything.
3: But at year one,
1: anything. did you say, I'm not going to drink ever? Like what was your mindset Yes,
2: early on? I did. You did. Uh, Beautiful. I did. So And because I always put myself back there, I did say to my husband that day, I said, I'm done. And I didn't mean I'm done for now. I didn't mean I'm done. We'll see. Because I had done that before, right? Like I had already tried that. And I wanted something different. And if I wanted something different, I had to do something I'd never done before, right? And I had never said I was done, like for good. And so, okay, I'm done now what? And there's a there was a lot of times in that first year, it's like, well, now what? It's like, well, no, I've already decided I'm done. So let's just figure this out now. So there was a lot of learning, a lot of like I always talk about, I just listened to podcasts and quit lit, like all the time. One ear pod in, earpod pod, ear, earbud. Isn't that, the, don't they make fun of like older people when we don't know how to say it? Gen, Gen <laughs> Z is like, they don't know. <laughs> Say it. Okay, AirPod. Okay. Um yes. one, one in while I was cleaning the kitchen and doing the laundry. And like, I was just so focused on not only figuring out what alcohol was just chemically and what it did to me in my body. But then I also, once I started figuring that out and listening to other people's stories, I was like, okay, but how have I used it? And like, what has it, let me tell the the truth about alcohol in my life. And I think that we don't do that. And we're taught not to do that. We're taught we don't do that. We don't talk about alcohol. We don't talk about anything that it's taken unless it's taken everything. And then you better talk about it, right? But can't we talk about it the whole time? <laughs> Yes, can't, can't we just think, like stop and say like, wait, I I think I need to I think I need to open those doors that I've locked. I think I have to do that now rather than what am I waiting for?
0: I'm so happy. There's so many things, Suzanne, and I'm like, oh, we have to <laughs> talk. My story is actually so similar to yours with the, the mommy culture, but what you're hitting on is we don't talk about the truth. Yes, why we drink is to cover up the truth. That's so uncomfortable only because we've been culturally. Trained to suppress our truth and to blend, it's not make any waves and to not make anybody upset. And so let me drink mm-hmm. over how I'm really feeling. That's my story. And it's so fascinating to me when I hear you and Michaela, because basically you both have created your own kind of like programs, the way you operate in sobriety to unravel. And a lot of my story is AA and like the uncovering and doing that inventory. You were doing deep inventory with that ear pod, whatever we're going to call it in your ear. And like, you were getting into the truth of like, wait a second, why am I drinking? And what, do, what do I need to say? What do I need to heal? What, who, mm-hmm. am I in this world and how do I want to show up? And ah, I am just, I'm like, I'm loving this. the mommy culture. So a lot of my drinking was yeah. just two kids in the city And I, and again, I'm doing air quotes, normal drinking, like moms come over a glass or two of wine. I was totally appropriate. Mm -hmm. A glass of wine with my husband at dinner. Like it was normal until it wasn't, but then we're normalizing this highly addictive substance, this poison. And so there's nothing normal about drinking it. That's, you know, bringing me to a place I don't want to be. But so much of that for me, if anybody listening it's progressive. It builds. And so I'm sure you, even though you, you know, I am, I identify as an alcoholic, it builds regardless because it's such an addictive substance. So like two three and the blackouts and not remembering. And I had nights like that with my kids where I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't remember like putting you to bed, but I know I did it. And that was like the beginning of my end, you know, that awakening, but so much here. So when you were Walking around your house, listening, unraveling, what were some truths that spoke to you that you're like, "Ooh, okay. I'm getting to the core of this. I'm getting why I was perhaps leaning on into alcohol
2: mm. That's a good question. i I think the biggest truth, I think that I think the biggest truth that I've uncovered kind of over. You know, the past couple of years because it it didn't happen right away. Um it was like like you say, an unraveling and, and and the biggest truth was that I didn't know how to feel and just to be okay with what I felt because I grew up, you know, and and I think probably a lot of Gen X, maybe millennial women, Can relate to this like we I I grew up knowing that it was better if I was smaller right like I would be accepted if I was smaller and easier right I was labeled hard a lot and when you're labeled hard that means you internalize that as being unlovable you're there's something inherently just wrong with you right and so I think that I, I, when I start, I started drinking when I was 16. And, and the thing about drinking is it, is it allows you not to feel and you just don't ever have to figure out how you feel and then what you need. And as a mom of three, it's essential for me to know how I feel and then what I need. Like that is my entire life's work is to figure that out. And it sounds like both well, yeah duh. But no, really, really, really. How how do you feel? No, I'm not just overwhelmed, right? I'm not just pissed off. I'm not just I'm feeling whatever. It's there's so and my mom's a therapist, w- which helps, right? And uncovering all of these things that are underneath. And underneath it all is this fear that I'm not worthy and I'm not lovable and I'm not valued, just for me. Just as me right and so then what am I doing to kind of prove that I'm worthy of being here and worthy of love unconditionally and all these things and so I I know then that that's what I got to once I started telling the truth about alcohol and what it what it had done and when I had turned to it I also then though you know I had a lot of compassion for myself and I still do. And I think that that's key. I try to always separate, you know, I was never the problem. I was never the, pro- I, I, you were never the problem. Like it was alcohol. And yes, d- did you lack the tools? Did I lack the tools that I needed to, get to know how I'm feeling and what I need. Yes. And, and, and that's on me. Some of that's on my childhood. It's all together. Right. But there's so much shame we feel as women about what happened when we were drinking, especially as moms. Right. And that shame can, is just so hard to feel and almost impossible to feel and impossible to stay in. Cause it's just so corrosive. I think that shame is probably, I think it's the most corrosive thing that you can feel because it's saying just like, oh, I'm, I'm bad. Like I, I am not worthy. I am not valuable. Right. That's what shame is trying to tell us. And when alcohol isn't like alcohol just brings with it, especially in motherhood, so much shame. And so then just working through that and, and like the truth that I had to learn was like. I am okay, and I am valuable, and I am lovable, and I am, I am worthy of all of that. And so then teaching, you know, I have two girls and a boy and teaching them that, and that no matter their big feelings, um, you know, I welcome their big feelings, and and our feelings, we can use them as a as a guide. And we should to figure out what we need and all of that stuff. So I know that's a long answer to the question. But it's, yeah, I think that's probably
1: gorgeous. Oh, feeling part is huge. Do you have a tool or is this a daily practice for you? The whole feeling thing. I and mean, You said your mom is a therapist, yeah. so yeah. that probably helps. Are there any other modalities or tools that
2: you use? Yes. I think that, you know, I also have OCD. And so that's a big part of it is, is, and I had postpartum OCD, with uh after the birth of my first and so and i battled it without help and without medication for far too long it got uh it was life threatening for me mm-hmm. and because of that i really have a perspective on my brain that is saying like oh our brains get in the way like i don't i don't believe everything i think thank god And so my biggest tool is always to get out of my head because I think that our heads and our minds, can I swear on here? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. They fuck our brains, fuck everything up. Right. (laughs) Like, and we think that they are like,
1: they know it all, right? Like, yeah. yeah.
2: Like, if we like, we think our thoughts are, are right. And facts and it's like, hold on because. They're not, and I and I have been to the darkest place to tell you that our 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 minds and our brains can play some really really funky tricks on us. And so then, anytime I'm, it's but too especially much. when you have alcohol,
1: then it's yes. like you can't really tell the difference. Totally, and you're really in it. Yes, so you, stepping it, away from it, it really allows you, like, oh, this is actually not the truth. Yes. This is not me. Like, oh my goodness! And the more time away you have from it the more you can learn about you.
2: Yes. And and the way to do like the way. So it's like, okay, great. How do I get out of my, like, I'm out of my mind. I feel like you're out of your mind. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Because I want to be out of my mind. Because if you've been in my mind, then yes, I'm out of my mind. And to get out of my mind, I run. I think running is a really good, like you and I talked to Michaela about like meditating and I'm trying Yes, I'm trying, and I think that that's a really great tool that you can like kind of train your brain. There are so like,
1: many. I feel like you just need to find one that works. Yeah, for you. And mine I
2: think is like so many running modalities. is. Yeah, running does feel very meditative to me. Where it's like I'm just my brain is kind of doing whatever, like going you know down the river, whatever doesn't matter, and and just getting into my body is really like my biggest. Tip. I do that through exercise, yoga, running, also dancing. Dancing for me, I start every one of my meetings in the sober mom life cafe with a one minute dance. Like I'm just like, okay, you guys, out of our heads into our bodies. Like we're gonna dance because, first of all, music you trans you to a different time a different place like I am no longer here which is great right like we still want to escape in sobriety like I can I'm not just sitting in my feelings all the time right and so dancing and really I mean showers are great for me like I can just kind of zen out and then I come up with ideas that I didn't even realize were in there and
0: um yeah, get out of your get out of your mind. I love that. I'm super physical too, and so I feel like I have to beat the uh, thoughts out of my mind through the exercise. And yeah, and I'm. It's funny because now I'm working with this great um, coach. And yeah, you're like pumping iron. You're like you're like such a badass
2: pump. I'm I, like, oh my god, Aaron, I need
0: to. Yeah, join me. But I dance with him, and it's so funny because we dance. We put music on, and it's like I can pull up and be in one mindset go in there I'm dancing lift heavy my face and I'm like I'm a different person but because of what's happening in our brains at that time and what's firing and we're getting those feel-good chemicals when you put all in it's depleting it's actually like you know people think the alcohol is helping makes person for someone who I can relate with the depression anxiety I too had postpartum hardly with my first undiagnosed because I'm a stubborn Mm -hmm. alcoholic and I'm legit out of my mind that oh, I'll just white all this and just drink through it. And scary place. Um, yeah. The alcohol made it so much worse. If you are suffering from anxiety or depression, the worst thing you can put in your body mm. is alcohol, the dancing, the meditation, the movement. You actually are getting what you're seeking like that high, that natural high. We have that pharmacy within us, how to access it is the key. But I love that you share that too, because I often, Don't like the thoughts in my mind, but I know if I move, I can shift them and like upgrade.
2: Yes, totally. And like the more we fight the thoughts, right, the more important they become. And then it's just, yes, like even a change of scenery is huge, Uh right? To just, like, go in a different room. I love, okay, so I'm thinking about this because my favorite workout class is called Shred, Shred 415, and I've been doing it for years, and it is dark, right? It's, like, so dark, and the music is so loud. It's, like, a club, and I loved clubs. I didn't love clubs for the alcohol. I loved clubs, like, nightclubs, like, dance clubs because of that. Like, I could just feel that, like, I love a, like, a, Beat drop, and I'm like, just I want to like feel it the music. You. Yes, yeah. and that's why. Yes, then that is my, that's like my place where I could just forget about everything. Like no one's looking at me. It's dark, and I can feel the music. Like that's my happy place. I want to try that. That sounds amazing. It's so good. That sounds it's a lot it's of fun. like yeah. It's happy, and they have them now. They start in Chicago, but they have them everywhere. Um, it's like half treadmill and then half like hit workout on the floor. And so you go back and forth. It's so good.
0: All right. I looked this up, Michaela. Maybe Suzanne, I have a question. So you're, you know, in mommy life, have your babies, having you some cocktails. And then was it like the music stopped when you were like, Hey guys, Hey ladies, I'm so come on over, but I'm not drinking. Like were people like, what do you mean? What's happening? Where's, where's like the rosé? Like, cause for me, it was right. a shift. Huge. Like I almost had to have like a press conference, like, okay, so this is it's going to be the new thing. And it was really hard. So how was it for you? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Okay, Michaela, I am fully frustrated with my kids whom I love more than life itself. However, as their mom, I feel like an absolute failure and I can't seem to find the time to get us all organized and even have meaningful conversations. I feel like everyone is so busy. I'm so overwhelmed, so drained. Help me.
1: Yes, get that off your chest. As the busy mom, I get it. I have found that when I am stressed and feeling stuck, the best thing to do is ask for help perhaps book a therapy session therapy is for everyone every human desiring to feel better live better and learn how to solve life's most pressing problems and concerns in real time if you are thinking of starting therapy give better help a try it's entirely online and very convenient all you do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you could switch therapists anytime for no additional charge
0: Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash sobergirls today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp h e l p dot com slash sobergirls.
2: So mine's different because I wasn't, I just was it wasn't super present in right. motherhood. Like I wasn't the one known to, I don't know, maybe you guys, my friends. I mean, I definitely, you know, would have like three glasses of wine and be like, you guys, are we having another one? Right? Like But it wasn't all the time. And I feel like I'm just kind of now getting so it's such a it's such a weird. The social thing, I think, is such a weird dynamic for me because I quit during the pandemic. And then what, like a year and a half? I didn't really have to. There wasn't big social events. My best friends were totally fine. They were like, no, we don't care. It's it's totally fine. Right. But it wasn't that like big social gathering thing yet. Um, and then when my dad passed away in March of 2021, then I really then went back in. Right. And I was like, okay, th- I'm not even, cause I wanted to stay sober and I knew I was going to, but I also knew that was going to require me to grieve. And I, I had never grieved like that. And so grieving for me just meant kind of like coming inward and just literally feeling it all and crying. And so then I did kind of, but also during this time, I was starting to be a sobriety influencer. I I was already an influencer. And so then I was starting to be a sobriety influencer. And so I had then, Begun this process of being like very public about sobriety and like talking about it, and the podcast started, and all of this, and and then trying to manage, then coming out socially in my real life, which then the you know the rest of the town was like, she's a sobriety influencer now, like what. The- what the fuck does this mean right like what is this like and so it's been like two worlds kind of for me and uh just recently and so in four years sober they're like kind of coming together and like i went to a birthday party my friend's birthday party um over the weekend it was like a brunch birthday party and i was actually on her new podcast talking about it and she lives in my town and i was like okay this is great because this is like my two worlds colliding now people who don't really know me but know of me are going to hear my story and hear it from my mouth right and so then at this party then they were like you know i loved your podcast and i haven't been drinking as much and i you know and then they start talking about their When before, they probably just looked at me like, ugh, sobriety influencer. Yeah, you think you're better or something like that. And so it's been a very complicated, like balancing two worlds thing that maybe is coming together.
1: I think it takes a lot of time for some people to really grasp what we are, what the type of life we actually want to live because there's not many examples out there. I mean, there are, but they're not being celebrated. And they're not being, you know, you don't really, only recently, even on reality shows or movies, like you see the sober person and they stick out like a sore thumb, like, (laughs) you know, and it's, 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 it's slowly popping up, but it's taking time. And I think the more we have these conversations and, you know, we're just regular women, regular moms with a past who want to live a better life. Yes, and people don't realize, like, just you know, that what what a role alcohol has on their health, on their moods, on their thoughts, on their behaviors, on their relationships, on their career. I mean, it keeps you stuck. Yes, and it keeps
2: you stuck. And on motherhood, and I think that that's probably like the you know, if there's ever pushback, I think it's less now. But it's like you judge moms who drink, and I'm like, ugh. So, I so don't. I I judge the the people who are doing the tricking into telling moms <laughs> that alcohol would make mother right. motherhood easier not only that but ma- that it's essential, right? Like I judge them like for sure and I want to hold them accountable. But the 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 moms who are being tricked? No. Like that that's who my message is always for as like no, here you guys, I I know. I know what we've been told. But I want to, I want to like zoom out and show you some things.
0: You're like the smelling salts. Like we're saying like, wake up because you're the yeah. bill of goods. Cause those people are making so much money off of you. And that's like, where they're like, let's be honest. Come on. It's like $1.3
2: trillion. And, and that's, it's, it's not, you know, I, It it feels like mom's just kind of stumbled into this because, you know, we needed, we needed help. There's always been mommy's little helper in the sixties. It was Valium or, you know, and yeah, it's just, no, it's because like you know, moms need help and wine works. So we just like kind of spread the word. And it's like, no, we have been systematically targeted Uh because big alcohol needs more consumers. And, 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 you know, Holly Whitaker talks about that and quit like a woman. And it's not, it's not an accident that there are all these seltzers or that the wine labels are now pink. And like, that's just (laughs) not by accident. It's very targeted.
0: It's very targeted. And the whole, again, I fell right down into that rabbit hole. I mean, I was like Rosé all day. This is great. But yeah. Back to something you said earlier that really stuck with me is that, you know, you were receiving a message of like, I need to be smaller. Mm-hmm. That would be better. And that's what we're telling women. And that's what we're telling our little girls. Oh, quiet down, be small. The world can't handle it when really we need you to fucking roar and like, shoulders back because look at what's happening and like band together and play huge and the bigger you are the bigger I can be and down the line and we need partnership when we're raising children whatever that looks like mommy's little helper is a human we need we need help yes I'm not a kid. I don't need to numb myself I actually need like a human hey yeah i'm having a tough day could you help with so and so could you yes. help? you clean up after dinner? Could you dress? Humans need humans. And like, it's not like a numbing to like, to survive. And I just love like, because for me, I have a daughter and a son and I want them both to play huge. I want them to yes. be who they are and fully embody who God is is calling them to be. And I, it's just, it's unbelievable though, how we've done this to women. Yes. And how you being big means I can't be. No, you being big means I can be bigger. Yes it and we have to remove the stupid freaking poison that's holding us bonded because we're we're amazing come on yes and and i think you know I, i i get
2: i get pretty cynical about it because i think that they know that how powerful that women are when when we are uh of clear mind and big and successful and loud and brave and not scared. And so, you know, you don't try to control what doesn't scare you. And so, I I I just picture in my mind always. I picture four like Big guys in like black suits, like men in black style, you know, like sunglasses and like they're sitting down at a kitchen counter and a mom is just like, you know, it's the witching hour. And and we're just like so many needs and so many feelings and like struggling. And and then they're just like pushing a glass of wine to her and saying, shh, drink this. Like, that's it, because it's we don't we don't care we don't care. We just need you to keep doing what you're doing. So you keep raising the kids and keep doing this, get addicted. So you need this. That's, and so you're quiet. That's the thing. And I think
1: it trains that mom's mom. And I love that image. It trains her subconsciously that this is the tool for it all. Yes. And yes. so it's really hard to break up with because you're like, what do I, what do I do instead of this? You know, because, because it it's it's overconsumes consumes yeah. you you yes. know it's the it's the quote unquote solvent for your feelings for being you know being a mom all of the things that you just mentioned and it's such a lie yeah. i literally wake up every day and i'm like oh my god i see the lies everywhere and I it's know. like i just want to be I like
2: it's a lie <laughs> it, it is like coming out of a cult it's like it's like stepping out of a cult and being like oh, shit like when you start digging and like you know, getting out of the, you know, Emily Lynn Paulson in her book, Hey Hun, which is amazing. Um, And she's been on the podcast and we always talk about alcohol being a cult. And part of the cult is like information control. Right. And so like all of the studies that are bullshit that are funded by big alcohol are funded by all of these um, people who have interest in alcohol. And it's like, once you take control and you decide okay I'm going to go on the quest I'm going to find I'm going to figure this out like on my own I'm not going to rely on my doctors because we know we can't do that I'm not going to rely on the media because we know we can't do that I'm not going to rely on like any studies that are just shoved down my throat because we know we can't trust every study and so I'm going to take it upon myself and be like let me see what what is this doing to my to my brain to my body to my mental health to my relationships what has it done to the to my past let me start telling the truth and yeah then get ready yeah
1: well, I, well, I and- love that journey too when yeah. I started learning that first year I was like oh my gosh how come nobody knows this you know yes. like, oh. and I'm not the one to preach like when I go to a party I mean like I still enjoy events and things like that but it's like do do people know don't know no they don't like they don't know, know. Like, they, they don't they know, don't know
2: no, they don't. And they don't know. I was thinking like in Carline, cause this is what I do yesterday. And I was like, okay, you know how we learn to drive at 16 because we're, we're just stupid. We're, we feel immortal. Right. That's, that's why we learn to drive when we're so young. Right. Because we feel like we don't have the, like, if we learned if I, as a 43 year old, went behind the wheel of a car today and I had never been behind it and they said, learn to drive. I'd be like, are you fucking crazy? Like, no, I'm gonna die. Like I'm well too aware of all of the dangers, right? we we start drinking when we're young and when we think that we're invincible and all of these things. And if someone just like, imagine, I know it's really hard to imagine because alcohol is everywhere. Imagine if just it's the first time you're like being given this like elixir or tonic, right? And and they're like, drink this. And you're like, well, what is it? Like, what's in it? And they're like, well, I don't know. I mean, part it's like ethanol. Like, you're like, wait, <laughs> Like what you put in my car, like, they're like, yes, but it's going to like, I promise you, it's going to like shut down your nervous system. And then you're just going to like, kind of not be able to walk. And like, you know, you're, you're going to, sl- it's going to slur your speech. It'll be fine though. Because like for 20 minutes, you might feel like you, you don't care, but then you also might not remember anything. Like it, we would not start
0: drinking today. I wish, no, best, <laughs> we need to have that that conversation, but we need to tell our children, like, right? so she- like there you go enjoy um and and to that effect like and then when you do this on a regular basis well you're gonna age and you're gonna yeah you're gonna gain weight oh you're gonna feel really sad you get in
2: trouble you can die yeah, you can like literally it brings with it a giant question mark that's what I always tell my my ladies in the cafe we always talk about like is sobriety hard? Yes. Right. Like, and we say, choose, choose your heart and like all of this stuff. But when you really think about it, sobriety, the question it brings with it, right. Is, are you willing to be uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to say, I'm going to sit right in the center of discomfort? Are you willing to do that? That's, that's the question. Okay. The question mark that alcohol brings with it, I mean, dude, uh, sky's the fucking limit. Like, like yeah. the question, like, we could go there, I'm sure, it, it, and in your mind, you can go there, right? Will I um, nurse my baby in a blackout? Will I drive my kids when I'm blacked out? Will I cheat on my husband? Will I ruin everything? Will I crash this car? Will I literally so many questions and that's just, and we're just taught to just wait until there's kind of, we're forced into it and there's no choice. And and we look at it like we lost something and we're just holding on to it. And I'm just saying like, well, what are we waiting for? Like what, how much are you willing to lose?
1: Do you talk to your kids about alcohol? How old are your kids?
2: Yes, I do. They're nine seven and four. And the thing about talking to kids about alcohol is you don't have to villainize it. You just have to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 there's no heavy lifting that I have to do to be like, Ooh, make it a boogeyman. Like I literally, like we were talking about all I have to tell you, I'm just going to tell you the truth, what it actually it. does, what it does. Yeah. And And you don't have to, you don't have to embellish
0: no no that's how with my children too they're older they're 12 and 14 but when I like get gas in the car I'm like so this is one of the ingredients doesn't that smell lovely like oh like hey, do you just like, want to drink that yeah they're like what are you talking about but you're right like I think just having a very calm fact-based conversation mm-hmm. because they hurt. and they just want they just want the facts and they want the truth and I didn't receive that. I never had that conversation. It just wasn't something that was done, you know. And we get to change that for our kids, which is so. So,
1: It's that it's talking about the facts, but also teaching them how to feel right, like we just talked about. I think
2: it's a two-parter. Yes, and showing them, like you you teach them by just showing, right? And so they have a mom who, when I am feeling overwhelmed at five p.m., I'm going to say. I am feeling so overwhelmed. I need no one to talk to me for 10 minutes. I'm setting an alarm, right? Like, so I'm telling you how I feel. And then in the next breath, I'm telling you what I need. And, Beautiful. They, and they do that. My, my seven-year-old is like, I'm feeling so frustrated. I need a hug. And I'm like, oh, great. Now I know. I know what, and I'm, you know, and then applauding her and being like, I'm so proud yeah. of you because that's not easy to do and you did it's it. It's the biggest life skill. Yeah, it's yes. yes, it's like, yes. fuck the recorder, fuck accounting, fuck all that stuff. Like yes. have a feelings class. Yes. My mom and I are like gonna record a podcast about like, no, like t- how do you feel? Like, just tell me like, no,
0: how to feel.
2: <laughs> like, how do you yeah. do it?
0: <laughs> I love Susie and Sue admire- and my my house at 5pm my thing is I'm so overwhelmed I'm just going to cry I might cry I want to warn yeah. you I might cry. and I just need to have a moment and my kids are like okay mom I'm like I'm overwhelmed it's a long <laughs> now I have to clean this the puppy's doing this and they just they are like we're yes. just going to go over i like somehow I feel better just at releasing them yes. and like so it's. Yes. Laugh about it. I'm like, guys, do you semi think it's funny when I say this? They're like, well, sometimes you don't really cry. So we, you know. <laughs> yes. I love that because
2: <laughs> yes, that's like when I was deep in grief, right? And I I had to navigate how how to do this, right? I I'd never been that deep in grief and also had to be a mom. And I just I didn't want to hide it. Because I didn't want to show them that, I don't know. Like feeling
1: is shameful or like crying
2: that that And like honoring, like, of course I'm going to cry that my dad passed away. Like, I don't want them to be like, well, why didn't mom cry when grandpa died? You know, when they're older, like, wait, what? And it's like, no, no, no. They were fully aware of how sad and how deep in grief I was, and I also then could say like I'm so sad and my heart feels actually like it hurts right now. I'm gonna cry. I still love you because they're little, and they think like you know that it's something that they did, and and so saying like there's nothing you need to do, there's nothing you need to. This is not up to you, and like. It's okay that I'm feeling this and I have to feel this. And I love you as much when I'm crying as I do when I'm not. And like, I'm here. I'm still me. I'm just really, really sad right now. And I won't always be this sad. And so just being able to have those conversations when, and if alcohol was in the picture, I, I would not have been able to even get there. I would have just, I call it mold in the basement. Like just like push it down, push it down. Don't feel it. It's shameful. All of that stuff. And instead, it's just like no. We that's like teaching your kids how to feel.
0: Yeah. Which is going to keep them from you know medicating with alcohol. Yeah. I mean, yes. so that's end that cycle. It's so beautiful, so powerful. Yeah. Oh my goodness, Kayla, how great was this? I- this was amazing. It was like a <laughs> feelings class. I,
2: I'm I'm really oh my- I feel better. (laughs) I know we do. Even just talking about like, yes, talking about feelings, right?
1: The simple things, I think, yeah, talking about it, talking about it. Like, you know, before we press record, I just told you this morning, I had a moment with my daughter. I was trying to read my Course in Miracles. I need my 20 minutes. She was fine. I had my, like, I'm in the zone. And she kept on like, I mean, 10 times asking the same thing, something that I couldn't even do. And I'm like, I can't right now. Oh, you know, and I just kind of like flipped, and I was like, please, I just need space. Leave me alone. But she looked at it and that was my fault, but I was telling her what I needed. She wasn't giving me space. So I explained to her, I said, next time when I'm doing my thing, I really, it has nothing to do with you. I just need space. Just like you need space. I'm not going to hover over you and say, Amia, do this, do this. I said, how would that feel? And she started laughing. She's like, yes. I know. She's like, I wouldn't like that. Right. You know, and just processing because, and I honestly, like if I wasn't so emotionally aware and tuned into my feelings, like I already processed what I told you. So I don't even feel like bad about it because Good. we it together yes. and it's all about like being in the moment. Like she got on the bus, she was happy as a clam. Like I'm like, okay. And, but before you know, these thoughts, like if I was like, you know, let's say I drank even a couple of nights before it would affect mm-hmm. my thoughts, my mm-hmm. emotions. I would stay stuck on there while I was trying to talk to you guys and do my work. No, I'm fully here. Like we're f- fully doing this and having
2: fun. You know, I think that's such a good point because it's not like, you know, one, one therapist told me something I was with my husband, we were working on something and, and, uh, he was like, just so you know, like, you don't ever have to do like, this doesn't have to be like in the moment, you're always going to know how you feel, and what you need in the moment. And you're not going to freak out. Right. Like, no, no, no. I yell and I yell. And then I'm, but then I'm able to say like, oh, okay. Yes. Unpack that, la- unpack it, go back and be like, oh, you know why? Okay. I'm sorry. I yelled like, this is what was going on. Sometimes like, you
1: need that space
2: to actually yes, for totally. everyone to calm
1: down, to have that space and this is something that I do every day. When we fall asleep, I sort of like run through the day, and if there's a fault, if if I said something that I know perhaps was yeah. hurtful, or we're human, I'm, none yeah. of us are perfect. I will correct it. So I do it. It's it's like a correction phase, like of our evening, mm-hmm. and we just kind of talk about it. And then she'll be like, "Oh well, you know, I'm sorry about
2: this," and it's just kind of like
1: cleaning up the I energy. Love that.
2: Yes. So then, and then what a good, what a good gift to give to her as she's going to bed then too, of yeah. like going to bed with a peaceful mind. And it's like, you're not like holding anything. And, and yeah, I also that's as adults
1: a, to say, I'm sorry, which yes, is huge. All the, yes. Kids need that. I just it's, yes. it's teaching them, which I never got by the way, you know what I mean? So it's like, Same. I needed yes. it. I needed that
2: because yes. that would kind of correct a lot of the things and also like screwing up like I, and, and making mistakes. And, you know, I you guys, Monday was my seven year old's birthday. And so my husband and I are at her school. We brought her happy meal, right? Like for her school lunch. And while I'm sitting in her school, my third grader who goes to a different school, I, I get, it says the school is calling and I'm like, okay, well, it has to be the other one's school. Cause why am I? Okay. I answer it. And it's, my middle or my oldest. And she goes, I don't have a lunch. And I'm like, "Fuck!" I'm like, what? I thought you had a hot lunch today. And she goes, no, I don't have a lunch. And I'm like, well, I can't, I'm with Abby. Like I cannot come to your school. And so then I door dashed a yes. happy meal to the school. And, and she had to eat it in the office like an hour later. And I had to call the school and say, Hey, so uh you're gonna be getting a DoorDash from McDonald's, <laughs> and can you just make sure Harper gets it? And like that was a screw up, but it was still, I was like, Hey, you sorry. Corrected and I was it. like, Yes, and I was like, I always point out. I'm like, I made, I made a huge mistake, you know, like, and it was fine, and we're good, and I'm sorry, and I'll try not to do it again, even though that is not the first time I've, I've thought she had a hot lunch, and she didn't.
1: How boring would life be if there was no mistakes? (laughs) Like if everything was just smooth. (laughs)
0: Cool, I think good memory. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's just like a fun
2: thing. And now I'm the mom who door dashed McDonald's to school, which is fine. Like, that's great. Also, there's not this like residual like mom guilt if I was drinking. Like with that mistake doesn't come shame, right? Like, I'm not maybe a little guilt of like, oh, focusing on the birthday girl, forgetting about the other one. Like, guilt is way different than shame, right? And so it doesn't bring the shame and also. If I was drinking, there's like this like we try to like overcorrect or something and go above and beyond and like then because you're drinking, then you're just gonna like yeah the pendulum's gonna swing and you're gonna try to be even better and more pressure and when that's just off and you're just like oh yeah totally and totally it's exhausting everything you just said so, is so exhausting. exhausting. You can't like you. Yeah, it's not sustainable.
1: And for your nervous system, forget yes. it. Oh jeez, forget it.
2: And that's awesome. tied to
0: everything. And just having a good memory and being like, "That's mom, <laughs> and that's that's okay." And I'm doing the best I can. And I'm human, and I yeah. love you. And enjoy your time in the office with your right. Enjoy your yeah
2: <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Actually, you're welcome yeah. for your happy meal. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: my goodness, this was so much fun Ugh, we have so to much do this fun. again. I know. Um, tell everyone where they can find you and all of the things. Yeah.
2: So come and follow me on my kind of suite on Instagram. That's where I kind of just normalize sobriety, show my life, glamorize it. You know, it's not nearly as glamorous as it looks, but it, it, you know, it kind of, I don't know. I'm curious, has your style changed since you became sober? I did want to ask you that. Oh, that's a good question. Okay my it's funny because I think my style changed so I got sober at 39 and then I turned 40 that year that's within the same year and so I don't it was probably a combo of, of both but it my style then reverted back to when I was like in high school and I was like oh remember when I just didn't care about what anybody else thought and I wore my boyfriend's giant baggy jeans to school and a little baby tee, and my hair was purple and I just didn't care that came back and that nice. then I was like oh now I remember my kind of edgy style so yeah for sure and you get to have fun with it totally and just yeah. like not like, like I have skeletons in my closet like who cares yeah, I, do, no. I do have skeletons. Uh, um, so my kind of sweet anywhere okay, else. My kind of sweet. And then the podcast is sober mom life, come and join the cafe. We do, we talk like this all the time. And then everything is on my too. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, you're amazing. Thank
1: we you, love ladies. you. I,
2: I love <laughs> you guys. I'm so glad we did this. This is a joy. Thank you. So much fun.
1: And thank you everyone for tuning in and listen. Um, to our podcast if you can subscribe uh, to sober girls podcast uh, on apple or spotify and follow us at two sober girls podcast on instagram we love you
0: that was so
3: addiction impacts all of us addictions consequences run through all of us